answers. I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. program is closed captioned for the thinking and care. You want answers? You can't handle the truth. Welcome to the beautiful campus of LCMSU, everyone. I'm your host, the Chancellor. I don't know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Pastor Marcus Zill. Ooh. Hi. What a strange Joined here today in the old student union with Mr. Scott Barefoot. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Pastor Zoe? Well, that that is great to hear. And I, uh, you are in, uh, I think, you're in Wisconsin, correct? Yep, I'm uh, just outside of Milwaukee. Now, the last time that we checked in with you, you were, for all of our listeners out there, especially college students and campus ministry workers will remember, that you were one of our uh, guests at the Taboo 2015 National LCMSU Campus Ministry Conference that we had almost a couple of years ago now in St. Louis, Missouri at St. Louis University. And uh, at the time, you lived in Arlington, Virginia, and now you live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in that area. Tell, tell everyone what you do. Um, I'm the uh, director, um, president of an organization called People of Grace, and uh, we're a 501c3 not-for-profit organization. Uh, we provide uh, online uh, information support for those who struggle with same-sex attractions or have family or friends that uh, struggle in that area. Uh, I also do quite a bit of uh, traveling, uh, giving presentations to various uh, Christian groups. And that's uh, a quick uh, recap of People of Grace. And um, and this is something it, uh, that you struggled with. In fact, you were in the, the homosexual community for, uh, for a good period of time, well over a decade or so. And uh, uh, we're going to have you on this week and next week, and this week we're going to kind of talk through your your own story. And uh, you know, obviously, this is a flashpoint today. Many people, um, you know, homosexuality is front and center. It seems like you can't almost go anywhere or do anything without the uh, left, especially uh, pushing this um, at us. And and in many ways, um, our college students, especially, especially in the climate of the. Um, the academic environment, the progressive left, secular progressivism, with the advent now of uh, same-sex marriage, all these types of things. Uh, our young people are especially confronted with this at an earlier and earlier age. And uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about your own story. Tell us your story, Scott, and uh, how did you get to the point where, by God's grace, uh, you, were, you were able to... Uh, to uh, to be brought out of the, the gay lifestyle uh, by God's grace to you. How tell give us the backstory here? 
Well, I was uh, born and raised uh, in the rural part of Virginia, very uh, conservative, uh, Bible-believing household. And for me, I guess it was adolescence, um, being consciously aware of my same-sex attractions and struggles with that. Um, it was really uh, early in college when I began uh, running into all sorts of guys and girls my age that began publicly uh, uh, calling or referring to themselves as uh, gays. And uh, I was even more blown away when some of these same people said that they were also Christians, you know, growing up. Uh, and, uh, and where the did you go to school? And, uh, I attended George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia. Okay. Um. But it was uh, in those college years where I began, uh, unfortunately, opting to embrace that activity and identity myself. Um, by the sure. time I was 21, I had the big coming out uh, meeting with my uh, family and friends. And uh, then for well over a decade following that, um, my identity was, you know, as living as a openly gay man. And... Um, I guess uh, um, after that uh, period of time uh, embracing that identity, um, I entered a period where I was consistently not feeling well. Um, long story short, I was ultimately diagnosed as having HIV, and that really sort of uh, rocked my world. You can see that I definitely hit a hard bottom um, during that period, and uh, that was really sort of the beginning of a turning point for me where I just really began reevaluating how I was li living and leading my, my life, um, a period where you can definitely see in hindsight that God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, really began to work over time in my life, helping me to open my eyes to see uh, the truth of God's Word uh, when it comes to sexuality and obviously I was uh, had not been leading my life uh, accordingly and during that uh, decade plus period and then um, it was a, a process probably a year plus process where I just uh, I was led to repentance and uh, uh, out of that lifestyle and then uh, thankful to you know by the grace of God it's now been um, over 10 years since I've been separated from that lifestyle well, and uh, we give thanks to God for that. And uh, how, how was it uh, when you uh, when you were struggling with this? Uh, one of the things I think we do in the church sometimes is we we you know most of us out there. I, I remember the first time I was a camp, longtime campus pastor when I had I had a young man came into my office, came to church, and asked if he could speak to me. And we sat down. Uh, I could tell it was somewhat of a sensitive is issue, and he, he looked at me and he said, uh, Pastor Zill, I know you don't know me, um, but I'm, I want you to know that I'm gay, and I'm not okay with it. I need to repent. I need help, and don't try to tell me that it's okay. <laughs> and uh, that was... <laughs> 
looking back on it, I, I had never really talked to someone who had struggled with with being with gay and say same sex attraction, and even as a pastor. And you know, you grew up in a, in a Lutheran home, correct? You grew up in the Wisconsin Synod, and uh, is that correct? That's correct. Okay, and uh, and now you're back, which is which is wonderful. And I grew up in a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod congregation, and um, son of a pastor, and we, we just didn't run into these types of situations. So once I uh, once I was able to kind of pick my uh, job the floor proverbially because uh, I wasn't used to that, I was so thankful that one this young man recognized well first of all i was a little angry that everybody he had gone to every church in town and every church in town it seemed other church had told him that he should just he should just get over it and realize that this was god's gift and he was like i know this isn't what god wants for me so he was looking for someone anyone to to be honest with him and in terms of the things of god and he knew it and he was he was giving a, a shot across the bow saying to me, look, I know you're an LCMS pastor. Don't blow this with me. I need the straight scoop here. I need to repent. I need. And at that point, the guy didn't really need, he didn't need God's law, right? He already felt the right. way of God's law. And long story short is uh, I tried to, uh, I spent some time with him and, and he would never tell me his name. He would never tell me where he lived. And eventually he never came back, and I didn't know how to get a hold of him. And I, I think he was afraid of the community that, that he was involved with, that they wouldn't take kindly to his reaching out to, you know, someone with my views. How, how was right. it? That was a very long introduction for me to get to the point of saying, is that was that a difficult thing for you in terms of, one, the support did you did you sense was it tough in terms of your life in Christ were you ostracized from your former church family others was that extra tough were people did people try to be supportive and and how did it go in reverse when you started realizing hey I need to reevaluate things here tell us about the support system you had because sometimes I don't think we're always the best at that in the church oh yeah um, I appreciate that uh, you bring this up because uh, that has been something I've felt passionately about, um, both uh, in terms of the environment within the church back at the time that I began struggling with this, and then, you know, since that point. I mean, I would always give uh, our church bodies an A-plus for uh, standing firmly on uh, the truth of God's Word when it comes to these areas, but historically— not always such a good grade um, with fostering an environment that uh, we can actually talk openly about them. And I know it was uh, tough for me growing up in the church uh, back in the you know 1980s was when I was uh, late 80s was when I was in high school. Um, and I just really felt that this is one of those subjects that you know you know people just you just don't talk about them. Um, so when I was first struggling, it was. Uh, difficult for me, um, absolutely. And then um, after I made the big uh, coming out decision and move, um, it's not so much that uh, I felt ostracized so much as, um, you know, you often hear about uh, friends or families, quote unquote, disowning their 
gay friend or relative, um, I, I was sort of the opposite. I was the one that uh, took the obstinate attitude that, well, if you guys aren't going to accept me for who I am, then, you know, I don't want to be around you guys. So it was sort of a, a reverse situation yeah. of what you oftentimes hear of. Um, and then uh, during that period that I was in the uh, gay lifestyle, I had um, also distanced myself from the, the church, Lutheran church that I grew up in. I was attending one of these, they called them gay affirming uh, churches. It was a non-denominational um, so you can imagine the sort of, uh, I was getting lots of support there, but just the wrong kind of it. And then uh, after leaving the lifestyle, coming back to the Lutheran church, um, obviously it was uh, a pretty rocky road at first. Um, you know, I was uh, I came back to a church that was sort of the, mother congregation of the one that I grew up in. So um, people pretty much knew my story and what, you know, had gone on. So there was uh, some uncomfortableness initially. But um, at some point, uh, you know, moving forward, you know, people realized that I wasn't, uh, you know, someone that had grown a second head on their shoulders. And, you know, I was just a what? You have three heads? child of God like we all are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that, and I suppose there's a certain. I mean, like I said, when I ran into the situation, I mean, I wasn't familiar. I didn't really have any. I didn't know many gay people, so this was not. I mean, that there's a difference between that. And I mean, you can give. I, I imagine that it's one thing to be able to give a mulligan to folks that just haven't been in that environment. But it's quite the other thing when uh, when it continues, and uh, I know that uh, I know my own parents, and I, this is kind of an interesting. Got you on the program, and now I'm telling you my stories. Um, I, my my uh, dad was a pastor, and we always twice a year went out to eat with these two these two uh, ladies. Um, twice a year for like fifteen twenty years, they were both pastors' kid daughters. And turns out that they were a lesbian couple that were daughters of my dad's former pastoral colleagues that he knew well who had passed away. And my dad had told them that that he would look after them and he would try to reach out to them and be there for them. And and so once a year as a little kid, I always I, I almost thought of them as aunts and we would go out to, to eat with them. I, I, I didn't think anything of it. We didn't talk about anything related to uh to their lifestyle uh they probably knew and my parents knew well let's leave this out a little uh mark marcus todd's uh you know he doesn't need to know but we're just it was just really going out to eat with i mean you can go out to eat with people and not talk about sexuality right and uh, exactly later, later on in life i realized you know they they eventually told me and my parents are now gone, and those things no longer happen. And I, I something happened. I don't know what happened, but um, I always remember being real proud of my parents for. Uh, they certainly weren't condoning their lifestyle. I don't think that they would have gotten that idea, but they weren't. They weren't writing them off either. They were trying to stay in their lives and and get caught up and stay caught up. And do you think that 
that's something that we as a church body, our church bodies, that we as individual Christians, that goes a long way, doesn't it? I mean, I was really proud of my parents. At first, I was like, really? Why didn't you tell me for 10 years? Well, I was a little kid. I didn't know. But later on, I was I was right. really proud of that. I mean, um, would you like to see more of that kind of thing? Is that helpful? Um, absolutely. I mean, that's uh, extremely beneficial. It's, uh, I know uh, sometimes the thought process is too much on, well, we don't want to come across as condoning. Sure. Um, but, you know, I, I feel it's extreme, extremely important to keep those, those channels of friendship and communication open, you know, follow the example we have in Christ, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. I, I believe it's not only possible, but important to um, you know, those types of meetings uh, you described that your your family had with that lesbian couple. I mean, become friends with them, you know, have have dinners, uh, socialize. Um, it's, uh, I can't uh, speak highly enough and um, of the importance of things like that. Well, um, now, did you have any people in your own life that uh, were your you know that were that continued to be supportive that you knew you could reach out to, or did you kind of feel like you'd kind of cut some, cut the ties, when you were going through that post HIV period and trying to trying to to sort this all out in your own life? No, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I described this uh, sort of self distancing during that uh, decade plus period sure. of embracing that lifestyle. But um, I, you know, I had some wonderful Christian family members and friends that, despite my desire to uh, stay away, they continued to reach out with uh, showing uh, their their love and support for me. Um, obviously, not condoning what I was doing, um, and also reaching out in Christian love with you know God's word as they had the opportunity. So, long, long. Uh, answer to your question um yes i definitely did have um a number of uh people that uh, had kept those channels of communication open that i i could then go back to um during that post hiv period was it uh growing up in the wisconsin synod and in a conservative lutheran church and then having started going to these uh these affirming gay lifestyle type churches was the uh, the struggle with the text of god's word something that was extra i mean that's got to be very confused i know a lot of our young people are very confused like i said this young man goes on campus and every other campus pastor is telling him what well, i don't get the, what the problem is was that a, was that a struggle to that's got to be very confusing while you're trying to sort this out um, and obviously the Holy Spirit through God's word is continuing to, to, to work in you to draw you back and to draw you to repentance. Um, but did your uh, conservative upbringing in terms of your understanding of the text of God's word, um, did that play a part in your being able to see God's word for what it's really saying and take it at face value? Um, it did, and um, you know, during that uh, post-HIV period, again, probably over a year's time, um, I, I sort of set about on, um, I guess you could call it a, a fact-finding mission sure. <laughs> of Scripture, uh -huh. um, because again, during that um, 
period where I was embracing that identity, I was uh, attending a church that was affirming that, you know, like you mentioned, that it's okay. So I uh, started out by going to the pastor of that church I was attending, and was, you know, I wanted to know, you know, pastor, obviously, I said, do you in this church believe that God is completely fine with someone embracing homosexual identity? Um, can you take me through the scriptures and show me again how you arrive at that conclusion? Mm. Um, and then, uh, conversely, I actually tracked down a pastor who had confirmed me at my home congregation. He had since moved on to other calls, but um, I sort of posed the same question to him in a different way. I said, you know, pastor, growing up in the church there, I know when the church taught and believed about God's Word when it comes to the subject of homosexuality, can you take me through the scriptures and show me again how you arrive at that conclusion? And, um, yeah, it was uh, exercises like that and just uh, embarking on a, you know, study of, you know, scripture on my own that, uh, you know, again, the Holy Spirit helped me recognize, uh, you know, the truth of God's word that I had always been taught, you know, growing up was indeed truth and I was the one that, uh, you know, the whole itching ears, hear what they want to hear phenomenon that, you know, latched on to these alternative explanations to Scripture, because that's, at the time, what I selfishly wanted to believe to be true. Hmm. Was it hard when you, uh, I mean, you have almost two directions you're going. One, you, you have the direction going back to the church, and then you have leaving those in those former communities um was that a struggle too i mean because you you had distanced yourself from the people many of the people that you'd formerly known right and now you have this built-in community that young man i was telling you about before and i kept asking him why will you not tell me your name and he, he his whole thing was that that uh he was afraid about leaving that how he would be received because he, when he, when he left, would he would he lose every friend that he had? So he built this entire, you know, he'd ostracized himself from his family and friends that he used to have grown up, and now he's got his his support system within the gay community at the University of Wyoming at the time, and he was afraid, you know, my roommates, my, I mean, you know, we always think it's always about sex, right? We always we always we tend to always assume that that's the <laughs> only thing. But this kid was worried about, am I going to have a roommate for the rest of the semester? Because if they're like, hey, you know, so-and-so is thinking about not wanting to be gay anymore, maybe he gets kicked out of his roommate relationship. Maybe he, you know, he loses his support system. I mean, you know, those issues are real too, right? Was that kind of a struggle coming back the opposite way, worrying about not only will I be accepted where I used to be, where I used to kind of circles I used to be in, but will I still have friends in the gay community when I leave there? How has that been a struggle too, or was that a struggle for you? Um, it, it absolutely was. Um, but fairly early on, I recognized, um, and in, uh, you know, hindsight and thinking back, uh, it's even more striking to me, the number of similarities between, um, struggles like same-sex attractions, um, uh, they, they end up sort of becoming semi-addictions. Okay. And I've seen a lot of similarities between uh, embracing that lifestyle and an addiction. I know it's not 
probably uh, doesn't endear me to a lot of people to hear me say that, but um, nonetheless, you know, just as a, uh, someone who struggles with uh, drugs or alcohol, um, you often hear that they hit some sort of bottom before entering recovery, and then, you know, you have to you know, make a clean break from those sorts of activities to be successful in your recovery. So, too, for me, uh, being serious about wanting to leave behind the sinful lifestyle, I felt, you know, I needed to make a clean break. Um, and, you know, that meant not continuing many of these uh, friendships and relationships I had been in um, during that uh, period of embracing that lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. So it meant uh, the end of pretty much uh, most of the friendships and acquaintances that I you know, spent the last 10 plus years being with. So that was difficult, uh, to say the least. Um, but I thought it was important because, you know, we're taught to flee from temptation. And, you know, if you're serious about that, then that's what you have to do. Um, well, but, Scott, we're, uh, we're running out of time here for this uh, program, but we're going to have you on next week again and uh, maybe continue the discussion and talk through some, uh, you know, kind of how to reach out to those that are in the lifestyles, kind of some do's and don'ts. That's all we have time for here today in the Student Union, everyone. Check it out, toglutherans.org and lcmsu.org. College is tough. Do you need Jesus? We'll help.